Hey there, Conquerors, and welcome to another episode of the Conquering Columbus podcast. This is episode 188 of the show, and today we've got Imran Nuri joining us. And Imran is a current student at The Ohio State University. He's graduating in May, but he's got an incredible project going on called the 52 Million Project. And uh, it's a nonprofit. You guys will learn a little more about Imran's plan here in this episode. But if you want to learn more and support it, check out the links down in the show notes. Their website is going live on January 11th. So check it out, help support, and we hope you guys enjoy this episode. Before we get to that episode, though, as usual, we got to take a quick moment to thank all of our incredible sponsors here at Conquering Columbus. And that starts with Small Biz Cares. Small Biz Cares is a nonprofit founded by socially conscious community leaders here in Columbus, and their goal is to connect, mobilize, and inspire small businesses to create lasting positive impact in our community. Small Biz Cares members have the unique opportunity to work with like-minded businesses to raise money and participate in large-scale volunteer efforts and improve educational opportunity for youth in our community. To learn more, visit smallbizcares.org. That's smallbizcares.org. Conquering Columbus is also brought to you in part by the Sundown Group. The Sundown Group is an Ohio-based nonprofit helping connect entrepreneurs to everything they need, including investors, mentors, capital, and talent through business pitch events, workshops, and classes throughout the state. And you can get more information on the web at sundownrundown.org. And now I'm going to kick it back to Josh to tell you about our last sponsor, FMX. FMX is a cloud-based facilities maintenance and management software founded and headquartered right here in Columbus, Ohio. There's a lot of competitors in this space, but FMX has made a name for itself, become the fastest growing facilities maintenance and management software on the market on behalf of its extreme ease of use and tailored fit approach to its clients. They serve industries ranging from education to property management, manufacturing, fast casual, and more. If you want to check out more, you can go to gofmx.com. All right, Congress, let's get the show on the road. You could drop me anywhere on the planet in any environment, and I might get you know, my head kicked in in the beginning, but I'll find a way to survive. I'll find a way to get the job done. Yeah, there's a little doubt, but you know what? Once again, I think of that guy in my ear. I think about stepping up to the stage. I think about the challenge. Like, I've lost sometimes, but I've won more than I've lost. And so, like, I bet on me any day. Choosing greatness. Greatness doesn't choose you. You know, you have to choose it. And, yeah, you know, it's hard. I think there was a hunger in me. There was a desire just to make a difference. There was a desire to not just be status quo, a desire to not be average. This is Conquering Columbus. Hey there, Conquerors, and welcome to another episode of the Conquering Columbus podcast. And today on the show, we've got Imran Nuri joining us. And Imran is the founder and CEO of the 52 Million Project. And he's also a current student at The Ohio State University. Uh, he was president for Buckeye-thon from March of 2019 to, uh, sorry, March of 2018 to March of 2019, which raised over $1.7 million for Nationwide Children's Hospital. Uh, and he founded the 52 Million Project. The mission of the 52 Million Project is to get 0.3% of the U.S. population to donate $1 a week to some of the most urgent needs around the globe. Uh, and in case you haven't done the math, that comes out to $52 million a year. And we're really excited to have him on the show to talk about his story and everything he's doing to get the 52 Million Project off the ground. 
Welcome to Conquering Columbus, Imran. Awesome. Thanks so much, Mike. Yeah, and it's great to have you here. Excited to talk to a student. You know, sometimes, like a lot of times, we're talking to people that are uh, entrepreneurs, people who have already kind of gone past that student phase. But it's always interesting to me to see someone who's a little bit younger and kind of trying to tackle it all at once. So how's that been going for you? Uh, it's been good so far. I mean, I think that being the president of Buckeye-thon was an experience that took about 40 hours a week on top of being a student and all the other things I was involved with. So I think in a lot of ways that prepared me for whatever grind it might have been to be trying to start up a, a nonprofit and also being a student at the same time, maintaining good grades, all of that. So it hasn't been too chaotic so far. It's actually been surprisingly less chaotic because this is more of my own schedule rather than working on you know, all of the, all of the other faculty and staff at Ohio State that I was working, uh, working with. So uh, I've had more autonomy over my schedule, which has been great. So maybe take us back to the beginning and tell us a little bit about uh, your background, your upbringing, you know, some of the major milestones leading you to uh, college days and all that good stuff. Yeah, so I've been in Columbus since 2003. So I was five years old when we moved here from Dayton. And uh, I've been in Dublin, I, I went through Dublin City Schools from kindergarten all through 12th grade, which I was really fortunate to go through because you know, as, as a lot of people in Columbus know, Dublin City Schools are some of the best. So I was really grateful for that. I think, um, you know, when I, when I think about what brought me to Ohio State, what brought me to where I'm at right now working in this nonprofit field, a lot of it stems towards when I was really, really young. My parents, uh, you know, they didn't have a lot of money. They were in, a, I didn't know at the time, but they were in tens and thousands of dollars of debt. Um, and they were really just, they were working multiple jobs just to even put food on the table. But you know, I was lucky enough to have a house to live in. I was lucky enough to have clothes on my back. I was lucky enough to have enough food to eat. Uh, and despite all those financial struggles, my parents kept this empty Jif peanut butter jar above our fridge, and at the end of every week, they'd bring it down, hand me a couple dollars, and have me put it in the jar for them to donate at the end of every month. And they would say, you know, I know we can't afford to give a lot. I know this might not even make sense because we can barely afford what we need right now, but we have to do this because we're lucky to have what we have, and a lot of people out there don't have it. So uh, I think, you know, as I reflect on that, that was the beginning of my giving experience, the beginning of my philanthropy experience. And as I grew older and had a lot more opportunities within uh, Dublin City Schools, one of the things they had there was uh, Student Senate. And Student Senate ran a program through Buckeye-thon called Dublin-thon, which was like a mini dance marathon uh, for the high school students. And we raised money for Nationwide Children's Hospital. And I remember going to that first Dublin-thon. And uh, I thought to myself, this isn't it. You know, I, I don't love dancing. Uh, this is just kind of weird. And it didn't hit me how important that was and how big the work we were doing was until I talked to one of the parents who said that the year prior, before I went to my first Dublin-thon, uh, her daughter, who is a, a pediatric cancer survivor, was supposed to be there. It was supposed to be her birthday and everything, and she couldn't be there because of some side effects that she had from her chemo from you know maybe 10 years ago. And so she was in the hospital the year before, and, and it, in an effort to still bring her to that Dublin-thon, the people there the year before Skyped her in and sang happy birthday to her and showed her that there were 200 people at this high school in the middle of central Ohio who were there cheering for her and raising money so that kids like her could continue to live. And that's when I was like, this is so much more than just dancing. This is huge, right? So this, this has, you know, her mom said that had it not been for that Skype call, maybe her daughter wouldn't have made it that night. That, gave her some inspiration. So that's when I got it. And I threw my whole self into that. You know, that was my sophomore year of high school. 
I, I decided I needed to do everything I could to grow that movement. So senior year of high school, I doubled our fundraising amount there. And then I came to Ohio State specifically for Buckeye-thon. You know, I, that was part of what I looked at when I was exploring colleges was do they have a good philanthropy environment for students specifically? And I mean, Buckeye-thon at that time was raising, I think, $1.2 million a year. So that was an easy yes. So I said, I need to be a part of this movement and I need to lead this movement one day. And so, you know, long story short, a, a million different experiences at Ohio State led me to leading Buckeye-thon over my junior year. But I really do think that started with that first experience when I was, you know, maybe five and putting a, a dollar in an empty Jif peanut butter jar. It's interesting how the things that we learn early on and things, the images and the, the experiences we have really early on affect the way that we go about our lives. And I think that's a pretty interesting story. So you get to, you, you mentioned you doubled the philanthropy from the high school. It sounds like you had a pretty big impact as well at Buckeye-thon. What were some of the things you were trying early on? Like, you know, you get to high school, like most high school kids are thinking, I'm going to go to the football game and stuff like that. Like, what were you doing? What were some of the things you were thinking about trying to increase that philanthropy? Yeah, I think in high school, that, that was tough because a lot of students tend to be apathetic at that age. And we were, that was an uphill battle for sure. But we, we started to say, you know, there are, there are two dances that happen in the spring. One of them is, you know, our winter formal, and it was always really awkward and, it was just weird, and so we said, you know, come to this one instead. This is the one that ra you don't have to you don't have to dress up, you don't have to ask a date. You just show up, raise some money, and you're doing good for your community. And it's also another. It was a thing that uh, unified all three of the high schools. You know, put away our put aside our, our rivalries and said that for this one night we'll come together and do good together. Uh, and so, one of the, some one of the ways in particular we did that, which was a really small thing was that we said, if you're from Dublin Jerome, wear an orange shirt. If you're from Dublin Coffin, wear a blue shirt. And if you're from Sayota, wear, uh, I forget what color we wore. But you know, by doing that, you could at least see the mix of the crowd. It, mm -hmm. it was a really easy visual to be like, this is really what unity is. And this is so much bigger than you know, going to a football game that night or bigger than going to a, a dance with a, a girl you might like. You know, mm -hmm. It was tough to build, build that community and convince people to come. but. My senior year, we managed to convince a couple hundred people more than the year prior to show up, which was awesome. So talk about you know getting to Ohio State and taking over Buckeye. What was that process like, and uh, what was the experience like? Yeah, I came in knowing a lot about it because of Dublin Thon, of course. Uh, and I knew a number of people in it already, which was great. So they were already, I think, you know, I can't take credit for my my own accomplishments in Buckeye Thon. There were a lot of people watching out for me. But I came in and there was only one opportunity as a new member. So you have to, you know, you apply and you become a new member. And there's only one opportunity to take on a leadership role. And I, of course, applied for it. And I, I showed them that I really wanted to invest myself into this organization. And so I was lucky enough to get that role. And so that put me on Buckeye executive board my freshman year immediately. So that was an awesome, like a chance to sit in a room of nine people and really guide the strategy that would affect us not only that year, but for the next two to three to four years. So that was from the get-go. From there, I, you know, I just, I worked at it. I was always thinking about ways that Buckeye-thon could grow, ways that Buckeye-thon could impact more of their campus. And naturally, being a freshman, I had this fresh set of eyes. I wasn't, you know, blinded by the magic of Buckeye-thon, like how a lot of other people uh, in the organization are. So I was able to give more of a perspective of the average student at Ohio State. I was like, you know, we all know how to fundraise a couple thousand dollars a year. 
the rest of our campus struggles to fundraise their $250 minimum. And so I was like, here's where everybody's coming from. I think I, that gave me the opportunity to provide that unique perspective. And then at some point I said, Buckeithon can, I think Buckeithon can grow in bigger ways. And right after that freshman, sophomore year, and our timeline is weird because it goes from March to March. So it was like end of freshman year through sophomore year. I applied to be president and I gave them a couple ideas. One of them being actually the 52 million project. And that was another way where that stemmed from because I said, Buckeithon needs more recurring donors. We don't have any actually. And that's, you know, every nonprofit has to have recurring donors. You know how much you're going to get every year. Uh, at the very, very least from those recurring donors. So I explained, I was like, you know, what if we even had a million people donating a dollar a week? And for that, it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't necessarily that we were going to do it. It was just a, a, a big way of demonstrating what, what we could do with more recurring donors. You know, you said it and you kind of forget it. But once I was the president of Buckeithon, I, I think I led us through a year where a lot of changes had happened prior to me because of past leadership teams and our year was like, let's activate on that. And you know, we, we, our, first, our, our first sign that we were doing something right and that the teams before us had made good changes was that we set a, a record number of participants. We had 5,200 people register, which was like, I think 500 more than a year prior, maybe more. Uh, and just two years before that, it was at 3,600. So you know, that, was, that was showing that our action was doing that. And I think at the end of the year, while we did raise $1.7 million through so many different efforts and fundraising learning opportunities for the students, uh, that was a $100,000 increase from the year prior, which is not as much as other years. And so something we looked at when we got to the end of the year was that we needed to do a better job of teaching our students how to fundraise. We thought we were doing a good job, and then we realized that in pursuit of carrying out the actions that the teams before us had set in place, we, we didn't teach people as well as we thought we could have. Hey there, Conquerors. We're going to take a quick break in the show here to tell you about one of our sponsors, Mix Wonders. Creating a podcast is a ton of work, and a lot of heart and soul goes into your work, and that's why you want your audience to have the best listening experience possible. And that's why we work with Mix Wonders. Mix Wonders is an agency that helps podcasters like us get the most out of their audio. And whether you're spending four hours mixing your podcast each week, or you just can't seem to get the level of quality you want out of your audio, Mix Wonders makes it super simple to get pop star level audio at a low price. For a limited time, they are offering to mix your first episode for free. So just go to mixwonders.com, that's M-I-X-W-O-N-D-E-R-S.com to sign up for a free mix or consultation. Save time, sound professional, Mix Wonders. So that was insightful. So can you tell me a little bit about the, the mission and the structure of Buckethon? Like how many events per year and is the money all raised during the time of the event? How does that uh, whole entire um, process work? Yeah, I think, I think a lot of people think that we fundraise all the money in that 24 hours of the dance marathon. And that's, not, that's definitely not the case. We raise it the full 365 days. And as, as soon as the dance marathon ends, the next year starts. There is literally like a very specific time cutoff for when we pull the final number for when we do our big reveal in the Ohio Union. Uh, and as, and the moment that, that that minute ends, that the next year starts. So, you know, people are donating during the dance marathon and everything, and so we might cut off at 9 p.m. And there might be another $20,000, $30,000 that come in over the next 24 hours after that. That counts towards the next year. 
So it is really a full, a full year effort, and a lot of ways we do that is that we're trying to engage the students year round. We're trying to we we put on five signature events. We put on a fashion show that usually gets about a thousand people in attendance, and we partner with local brands to put that on. We have our barbecue the first week of school, and that's a way of saying you know just have some free food, and we put up inflatables and everything. It's just a, a way to give students a free fun experience and show us show show them that um, you know we are a positive movement on campus. Uh, we put on our carnival at the end of the year. That's a carnival on the oval. Yeah, <laughs> which is fun. And then we put on um, a day, a, f- a fundraising push day called Day of Miracles, where we try to raise about $250,000 in 24 hours each year. Uh, and I think the past two years we've done that and gone over. So we try to engage students like that. We put in a lot of other small meetings and events throughout the year. And uh, the way it's structured is that when you join Buckeithon, you join a team. And that team might be your, your dorm. It might be uh, a student org you're a part of. And that way, you have more of a smaller community within Buckeithon itself. Because as fun as it would be to have you know 5,600 person rallies all the time, uh, it's not as feasible. So when you have a team of 20 to 30 people, you know you can get close with them, and they can you can share fundraising tips, and you can really feel like you can feel like you're part of that team. And then you can come to the dance marathon in February with that team, and you know celebrate the work you've done throughout the year. So that, that's how we fundraise. You know we we give people an online fundraising page when they sign up as well, so that makes it easier for them to send pre-written emails or. Uh, it gives them fundraising tips, things like that. But it really is a year a year long movement, and we we try to stress stress that as much as we can. But it, it's tough. It's easier to see the dance marathon and see this 24 hour massive event and forget that there was so much work that went into it over the past year and past few years, really. So jumping from Buckeithon, what you mentioned that you know one of the ideas you pitched early on when your pitch to be president was the 52 million project. So what made you think after you got done? I mean, so I'm guessing that. When you finish up your tenure as president, you probably have to step down after that. So was it the lack of having something to go after that made you want to pursue this project? Like, where did the passion for the 52 million project come from? Yeah, I think the passion definitely 